0: Are you ready?
1: Yeah. Welcome to our very first episode of our podcast, Happily Ever Nafter. I'm Brooke Otterstetter alongside Mary Beth Olson and Erica Smith.
0: Why was I last? <laughs> Redo! I'm kidding. I don't know. It just came out that way. Okay? No, that was good. That was good. I was good. looking at Mary Beth. You nailed it. <laughs> you know why. Oh! <laughs> beauty before age well let's describe what our podcast is we are three washed up retired former softball athletes division one
2: that's really important
0: (laughs) d1 or bust (laughs) we don't believe in that cut that cut that we work full-time in softball so we're very we're very hashtag blessed that we get to continue to work in the sport so I what will we'll,
2: you just say? <laughs> hashtag blessed.
0: Isn't that what the kids say?
2: But let's ask the fans. You wouldn't know. Listener
0: write in. Do you <laughs> say hashtag blessed. We'll um, bring on like guests. Our first episode is just gonna be us because we're enough.
1: And we got good banter. Uh.
0: We have <laughs> great banter. So we're we're just, you know, chatting it up, couple of gals. Talking about our time in sports, being retired athletes. You
2: should say what you said the last time when, you know, we thought we were recording, but we actually weren't about, it was like a cute little thing about women, you know, working
0: in sports. Oh, right, 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 right. So we did have a full 15 minutes of recording that um, we forgot to record. No, 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 no. I get it. Yes. (laughs) I forgot to touch record. It's a podcasting's hard. Well, so we work in softball. We run club teams. We have our player development training. We work with athletes that are six years old all the way up to our collegiate athletes. And oddly enough, like working in softball is like in a male dominated space, even though we're the ones that played it. Nah, don't get me wrong. I think that men have done like very incredible things for softball and they did grow it to the part, to the point where we're at right now. And they continue, some continue to do really great things, but I think it's kind of about time that the people that have done it actually run the show. I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority, but we are minorities in this. (laughs) Full circle, baby. Anywho. We're going to discuss um, kind of our backgrounds and who we are, knowing that our parents are listening.
2: That's it. That's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the five girls we told <laughs> and we <threatened>. begged, <laughs> begged to come listen to us. But we'll, we'll just discuss kind of like where, why we're all in Minnesota. We're based out of Minnesota. Right now we're in our podcast office in Shakopee, Minnesota. Um, there's no other use for this area. It's just for the podcast. Three other people don't
2: live here. This is not a home.
0: This isn't a home. It's not Brooks basement. (laughs) Let's get into it. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about myself since I'm the eldest by kind of a good amount, but my, my spirit is so young, you know,
2: I don't, (laughs) I don't know.
0: I'm originally hurt right now, but I'm originally from. You
2: should say who you are, because oh like, people shoot, are just I'm Erica.
0: So the deepest voice on the podcast is Erica Smith. She is the eldest.
2: Why is she talking to me? <laughs> yeah. She's gonna
0: stop. that. Um, I'm originally from Kent, Washington. It's a suburb about 40 minutes south of Seattle. I graduated from the University of Minnesota, played softball there in 2015. Uh, graduated high school in 2011. Yeah, the shocked faces at this table is it's pretty rude. So I said it when we were record- not recording before, but back in prehistoric times when I was trying to get recruited, I had to send physical letters to athletic departments so we'd I'd type them up on my typewriter Shut up. <laughs> and I would send letters essentially begging schools to take a look at me and then we never really knew who was gonna show up because it was so new for the recruiting process of like trying to be seen it was it was very tough so. Anywho, we I played on a team that would go to really the top tournaments, and that was the only way that you could get recruited. I would write in the letters that I was five foot six. Um, I'm five two and three quarters. Mary Beth is also five two and three quarters. Brooke is six foot ten. Shut up. Uh, that's that's like on a, a bad day. On a bad day, yeah, <laughs> six ten. So it was tough as like a little a little girl. Trying to be seen, especially when I'm lying to everyone in my sites <laughs> that I'm five foot six and buff, and they show up. I would have coaches literally come and have me on their list, and then they'd see that I was um, five foot, five foot at that time probably, and ninety five pounds. They're like, "No, thank you." I was swimming in my softball clothes. I looked like a pilgrim wearing knickers. Wearing knickers, and. Um, I just wasn't able to get the looks, even though I felt like I had the talent. Um, Going into a new team, I played on a team that was all Power 5, D1. Uh, It was kind of interesting how I remember one time my coach was like, this might be the best team you ever play on, which was like very – I mean, we had what Texas Tech pitcher, Stanford pitcher, Oregon State pitcher, and then all throughout the infield and outfield it was all – Power 5, d on everyone else. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that might actually be the case. It wasn't. It was not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just we want got, to throw that out. For I everybody. absolutely
0: need everyone to know it was not. Um, but through that, I played in that Disney World. Um, what was it called? D9? D- yeah. Wait, Diamond 9. Yeah. Diamond 9. Yeah. So I was there. Uh, the new Minnesota coach, who was the former Oregon assistant coach, came, watched me. Uh, My club coach gave them a a rave review of who I was outside of my size and I played really well. And as soon as I found out that Minnesota was in the Big Ten, I was like, oh, that's cool. And I didn't know where it was on a map, uh, did very little research, got the opportunity to go on campus in December of my senior year, which is probably considered very late. I would consider it fairly late for a D1 school.
2: Yeah, well, especially because like Way back when, when you were being recruited, like years ago, it was, the rules were way different. Like yeah.
0: there was no... Yeah. There, yeah. You could commit when you were like a five-year-old. It was absurd. Yeah. I mean, the girls that were on my team, they're uh, freshmen and sophomores that were committed to Pac-12 schools at the time. Yeah. That's crazy. So, uh, came on a visit, loved it. It was snowing. It was cold. It was something different. I knew I wanted to get out of Washington, get some independence, met the team, loved the coaches, and then got on my layover and landed in Colorado, and I, was, I just called Coach Alistair and committed on the spot. It was pretty pretty awesome. And then I've lived here since I was 18 years old, so 12 years. Don't do the math. <laughs> 12 years, and then I got an opportunity in 2017 to work full-time in softball, and obviously I wasn't going to um, say no to that. I've always loved it a lot. I, I went into the workforce After I graduated in 2015, I was working in IT, and I was like, this is not what I enjoy. I got the opportunity to work in softball and kind of just went all in, and now we're here, and I'm here with you too. I just don't think I could picture you working in IT. (laughs) Why is that? Is that because you don't believe of my capabilities as a nerd, or? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So what you're telling me is that you don't think I have the intelligence. (laughs) Or just
1: like dress clothes every day so not saying you look like a scrub every day but just like it's not your vibe yeah
0: i know what you're saying (laughs) well enough about me let's go to one of you guys i don't care someone else
2: age before beauty
1: (laughs) ouch (laughs) well i had a very like different experience with softball we play i'm from iowa so i'm changing my whole story who are you who are you oh yeah i'm Everybody knows me. I did the intro. I'm Brooke. <laughs> um, I'm Brooke. I'm from Iowa. I played softball at Northern Iowa as a pitcher. Um, I had a very different experience than Erica just because we played softball in the summer for high school, so recruiting was different. We couldn't like go to big tournaments. I played with the Minnesota Sting for a couple years. Otherwise, it was just playing high school ball um, for the most part. So I found my way through softball. Cause my cousin was dating the coach and that's not like the only way
0: I live seven minutes. (laughs) See, I brought it up myself. When you bring up the nepotism, it's like, we can't do anything about (coughs) it. Reverse. (laughs) I found my way through South I live
1: seven minutes from Northern Iowa. So it was like, we were huge Panther fans. That's all I wanted to do is like go to you and I, um, I went to a lot of camps specifically only their camps and, yeah, I committed there as a sophomore after one of their camps. Slightly regretted my decision to go play volleyball, but then stuck it out. And You mean to not play volleyball? Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Um, and so then I moved to Minnesota after I graduated in 2019, got married a month after graduation, moved to Minnesota, and had an opportunity to interview in the softball realm, Met Erica and Mary Beth through a tryout. Was very scared. But
2: just so, Erica, not me. America. Yeah,
0: not America. Erica's voice. You heard it. It's it's really intimidating. <laughs> well, coming from the six foot person, scared to of it, the five two. Let's person, just say, like for the record, it's five eight. I will never believe There's that you're no five foot yeah. There's no way. Yeah. There's a zero percent chance. Her. We that'll it'll happen. Bonus content. met yeah. measure Brooke. <laughs>
1: Um, and so, yeah, I've just been working in softball ever since. Maybe. Beth?
2: Um, wait, I was going to ask you, like... A question. A question. And my question was, did you, like, always see yourself ending up working in softball?
1: I didn't. I... So I coached softball, um, in the high school for two years The high school I was at, and I could not wait to be done coaching softball. I was just so over it. I think I was just so, like, mentally drained. Um, but then it was an opportunity, and I kind of went back and forth with the idea and I was like okay I'll do one year and here I am and I think I said that for the first two years but now I'm just stuck like <laughs> I'll do one year okay one more year like I truly like thought that education like being a teacher was something I wanted to do and then COVID hit and it just kind of made things so much different when you had stability and just you were doing something that you actually enjoyed doing it made it easy to stay but yeah, no, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I Didn't
0: want to do it. It's hurtful to hear. For it's the first not. Time. It's,
1: it's not that. It's just like you know when you like go through it so long, you're just like, okay, I need a break from something else. Do you feel you've like done it your whole life?
0: Do you feel like you get fulfilled from like a teaching standpoint? Yes. With softball in a yes. way. Okay. And it
1: definitely feels like I'm still using my degree, especially with the six year olds.
0: Right. Like, right.
1: I feel like I'm very good with younger
0: kids. Way better than we are. I literally speak to them like... (laughs) They're 18. So how was your weekend? (laughs) What'd you guys do?
1: (laughs) Like, I went to my friend's sleepover. Read any good
0: books? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. No, that's cool. Mary Beth?
2: Okay, yeah. So, I'm Mary Beth. I am a Minnesotan born and raised. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Very proud. Um, I went to Chan Hansen High School, 2016 state champs. If you didn't know, now you know. But you probably already did know. Round of applause again. Yeah, one again? more. Again?
0: Why did she get it? We didn't get any. I
2: know. Are you a state champion?
1: No. Didn't even make it to state.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to remember my recruiting process. We were talking about this yesterday, but I don't like really remember my childhood a lot. <laughs> But
0: I'll <laughs> you do should my look best. into that. Yeah, something to reflect on in it's therapy. It's like
2: there's bits and pieces, but they don't—they're not all there. Probably in there somewhere. Um, let's see.
0: Maybe this podcast will reveal them.
2: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you never know. Okay, so I—I I literally don't like remember when I started like reaching out to college coaches and all that stuff. But I—I I went through a similar experience as you did, Erica, just being like short. And especially being a pitcher, too. Like, everyone wants pitchers that are as big as Brooke.
0: <laughs> those six-footers, man.
2: <laughs> those six-footers that throw a million miles an hour. Yeah. I kind of knew that I wanted to get away from the Midwest, although I was still looking at schools around here, too, just because, I honestly, I had no idea what I wanted. And I was reaching out to a lot of Division One schools. wasn't getting a whole lot of interest. I'd go to camps, and I actually... So I ended up going to UConn, but I remember, like, I would reach out to their, to the coaching staff and, like, wouldn't really hear. Like, I wouldn't get anything back, and I would even, like, they would say, oh, we're going to your games or whatever, and, like, they never showed up, and, like, I was ready to just kind of give up and just go D2, D3 route, but then I was, like, encouraged. I had a connection. When my pitching coach at the time, I don't really remember what it was. This is not important for the podcast, but anyways.
0: Was dating your cousin. And- <laughs>
2: not quite but i was encouraged to go out to the camp it was i think my sophomore year um and i went out to whatever connecticut and ended up doing really well at the camp and then got an offer that day so it just They offered of,
0: you at the camp?
2: The the on the way home. Oh wow. Yeah. That's cool. And it was like if i wouldn't have had that connection i wouldn't have even been on their radar i'm sure. Um, so that was kind of cool. That was actually my only true Division One like, legit offer. I was getting interest from other schools, but I probably would have ended up at Duluth. <laughs> Dang. I wouldn't have gone to Can you imagine
0: that. how happy Jen would have been? You know? She would have been a happy camper. In another camper. world, maybe. Yeah. But... You guys for sure would have won Division Two National Championship. You never know. I mean, I feel know. like I know that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Beth's very humble. She's... I think we can both agree on this. She's the best athlete out of us when it came to, like... That's debatable. Okay. Well, I'd say from a, from a um, but yeah, actually probably. playing and... I think if COVID year would have continued, you would have been an All-American.
2: We'll never know.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, but...
2: Yeah. I'm like, I can't on. even give
0: a compliment without her being like, oh,
2: I Amy. S- the first time I saw Mary Beth
1: pitch was this fall. Oh, for real? We were doing really? research and development.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh I guess you weren't at College at Bats. Yeah. With the child. Yeah.
0: Pregnancy, man.
2: Maternity.
1: Vacation.
0: Yeah, you were on vacation for three months.
2: <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I keep going. Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt. interrupt. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. <laughs> um, went out to UConn for five years because of COVID. Literally loved every second of it. Um, and then got my degree in exercise science and didn't really know what I wanted to do. And this opportunity came along. Um, I've been coaching with Erica for how many years? It's
0: got to be five.
2: Five. Yeah. Going on six years, and same thing. Like I didn't really see myself like coaching full time, but now I feel like I'm in a position where I'm able to coach and use my degree and learn every single day and get to do bits and pieces of different kind of things. So it's been a cool experience so far. It's only been a couple months because, you know, I did just graduate. <laughs> I don't know. It's
1: weird because we both feel like we're kind of using our degree. Is Erica using her <laughs> IT degree? What First do you off, so I for? didn't have
0: an IT degree, and nor does that exist, I think. I don't actually know. Um, uh, my degree was in business and marketing.
1: Okay, so yeah, you're, and doing, you're
0: doing good. you guys see me in meetings. Yeah, you're right. I'm a CEO. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag girl boss. Um, No, uh, there are certain things that I feel like, honestly, like I went into business and marketing because I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I felt like the general, generality of business and marketing would allow me to go into multiple different fields. Um, But student of the game, am I right? It's more like it. The amount
2: of times I've cringed from you. I
0: think (laughs) the the podcast is done.
1: (laughs) we're over.
2: Well, like, yeah, I get it. But don't, don't no, I think that's huge, though, because Maybe I'm just hyper ADHD.
1: 100%. I think that's huge. To even like touch on because we're using it like you're using it when you're working with the athletes, but you're also using it behind the scenes that people don't see as much like what we see. Right. So like, what would you say? I'm asking questions now. What would you say? Like, you feel like you've been able to, or how have you been able to use your degree, like, the most when it comes to softball? Like, what's been, like, influential on it?
0: You know, I think, like, from a marketing standpoint, Canva Queen. <laughs> the graphic, I mean, that piece <laughs> well, was yes. pretty, I've, I have been, and I'm so grateful that Mary Beth is taking over the TikTok stuff, because I have been drowning in the marketing piece of, like, the organization and trying to make sure that we're, like, just, <laughs> Advertising these girls and... She at the table, not you. you my mom. Mom. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. um, but outside of that, I mean, from the business standpoint, I think we have some pretty exciting partnerships we're going to be announcing soon that really are going to kind of take us to the next level and being able to have those conversations. It's so easy, though, to talk about something you're passionate about. Like sure. When we get the opportunity to talk about why we love working at catalyst and working with the athletes and working with the college athletes, like having the opportunity to discuss like what our vision is and have people that we, I mean, in the meeting with the people, I guess I can't say it until we announce the partnership. Uh, -hmm. Oh my God. Teaser alert. Mm -hmm. Uh, but like we're in, we're in a room probably the nicest building I've ever been in in my life. And we're speaking to someone who's so incredibly intelligent and powerful and I'm still expressing, like, what we do from a small scale because it does feel like we're pretty small compared to um, kind of the heavy hitters within the industry. And and just talk oh, about – That's a really good pun. Thank you. No pun intended. Uh, oh, I get it. But we – like, my you, when you guys commented on how my hands were shaking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: really. it's like I'm very confident from that standpoint to be able to talk about what we do. But when I'm in the presence of, like, just powerful people that can really change – everything for us it just I mean that's when I get a little nervy but I did learn a lot um, from my degree from a standpoint of like public speaking having the opportunity to talk through just like business negotiations all of that good stuff I think I have been able to really apply that towards what we're doing and like you said it's so behind the scenes Brie asked me Brie Kinney asked me yesterday if I'm a teacher (laughs) I go do you dead that this isn't my full-time job like you think i'm just she, said she thought <laughs> she thought i had a different job Or were less th- planning
2: like... on the side
0: i was like honey i'm here until 9 p.m every single day
2: <laughs> also just imagining you in charge of like a whole class of like honestly schoolers. god
0: bless any teacher my wife's a teacher i don't know how she does it but to like be able to i could never could never <laughs> i'm
2: surprised that like you even made time for the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anywho. <laughs> something that um I thought was interesting that even the girls brought up yesterday is, like, they were talking about, like, they – and we kind of talked about it yesterday about <laughs> – we were like, what's a funny story about you and softball or something? And, like, mine was – incredibly incredibly dark and depressing (laughs) like not funny at all but uh like mac and lt they're like i would love to know like how you guys had like how your experiences were when you played softball in college and like what like did you talk about mental health when you were there like how was it addressed and i mean maybe you guys had different experiences than me but literally no like we i thought it was normal to like cry all the time yeah like and we talked about like even walking into our coach's office and sitting down even if it's a good meeting I'd be bawling right like it's just like and reflecting on that what an absolutely toxic way to feel like that's okay and normal and I love my coaches and respect them and I still love them and respect them very much but like I've learned a lot from my experiences of like dangerously respecting a fit like almost a mother figure at that point where I was so severely trying not to disappoint her that even when I'm sitting down and she's giving me good reviews that I'm crying <laughs> because I just don't want to disappoint yeah. her. And it's like, that's I've learned and I was talking to my old teammates about this too, like how not to coach from that. And she's a great coach, like right. one of the best ever and she's going to be awesome no matter what. But like, I never want a girl to feel like they come into our office and they're just, like, shaking and, and want to cry because they think that they're in trouble or that kind of stuff. I don't know. Do you, what, what were your guys' experiences with that when it came to, like, your coaches in college? I
2: think, obviously, like, the crying thing is, seems, like, to be, like, a universal thing <laughs> for sure for every female collegiate athlete out there, aside from, like, a very rare few, I think. But I, I don't know. I think, I think, like, we could – make a whole entire podcast about mental health in collegiate athletes. But I think it's – that's kind of why we want to do the podcast too, right? Because, like, we had so many unique but similar, like, experiences that all of our players and people are going through right now and they might feel like they are alone in those feelings. Um, So I think it's kind of cool that we, like, get to talk about that and just, I don't know, support each other and support them through it too. Because it's – (laughs) it's shit. Shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you should not want to cry every single day, for, like going into the office, like things like that. <laughs> That's not like what actually it's like, but it it's hard. And I think, I think there was like, when I was being recruited and stuff, like I knew it was going to be hard, but I didn't realize like how hard it was going to be. And like to have to shut down everything like internally and like put like basically fake it till you make it. And then behind closed doors is when, like, you could have your, like, meltdowns or, like, breakdowns anything like that. Because you didn't want, like you said, you didn't want right. to disappoint and you didn't want to look, like, the weak link. Basically. Or a bad
0: teammate. Yeah. In that sense, mm-hmm. where it's, like, you're selfish for yeah. feeling bad for yourself. Yeah. Which is, like, just so wrong. <laughs> Such a wrong statement. It, and it's, it, like, we weren't able to, like, it wasn't, like, the stigma was very put in place for us yeah. when it came to that piece. It wasn't anything to
1: have to do with, like the coaches all the time it was literally Mm -hmm. like in general mental health was never talked about in any sport it feels like
0: we were like very we had like sports psychologists and it was like and a few of my teammates took advantage of it and that's like I think one of my biggest regrets was not taking advantage of that and when I played way back when it was even like you're going to see the psychologists Like, it's just like people would judge you even if you tried to get the help. So it was just so difficult to navigate that as an 18 year old. It's like, it's also crazy to think like these girls are kids living on their own, trying to balance extreme responsibility after living under the roof of their parents for so long. And trying
1: to figure out what they want to do after the four years.
0: Yep. And everyone expects that they should know. And it was like interesting what you said, Mary Beth, about how you're like, well, just do it. Because I remember sitting in McHugh's and begging you to take the full-time drills. <laughs> it's like, so please take this um, just because I knew your impact and what, how, how good it would be for our program. And like so many people come out of college expecting to find out what they want to do right away. Like when I was your age, I was working at Staples Business Advantage as an outside business-to-business sales person like ew
2: not okay (laughs) Four staples (laughs) sorry (laughs) I just had no No, I wasn't
0: retail selling (laughs) literal staples um but I went through like five different jobs until I finally got to this one and now it's like I've been doing this what feels like forever so I think now that I'm 30 it's like finally I have an insight of what I want to do and it's I mean I'm gonna live and die with this that's for sure But everyone feels that pressure, I think, when they're your age, specifically.
2: Yeah, which is young, by the way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would say, like, I saw a little bit of a shift, like, the past two years where people did, at least, like, the athletes themselves feel, like, a little bit more comfortable talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, like, the whole push to end the stigma. But, like... We can't just talk about it, you know? Do you
1: feel like, from your experience, like, once COVID hit, after COVID hit, it became more talked about in athletics?
2: I feel like, yeah, that was definitely, like, around the time where... Not to say, like, it nobody cared before, but it's, like, it took all of these, like, once, you know, the mental health yeah. crisis after COVID and then all, like, the suicides that were happening in collegiate athletics, like, that's what it took to talk about, but still, it's just, like... We're talking about it, but what are we doing about it? Right. You know?
0: That's, like, even for us, like, we have our shirts that say, like, end the stigma and stuff like that. But it's, like, we need to do more from a standpoint of actually actively providing resources and having these conversations and making sure that our, like, athletes that we work with genuinely know, like... We preach all the time. We're like, we're holistic. We care about the mind and body. But it's like, if we're not incorporating that piece when it comes to how they're feeling as people and like what they're doing in their everyday lives outside of when they're in the cages, we're not really doing much. So, I mean, that's kind of an accountability thing where I feel like we need to.
2: I, I agree, but I also disagree because I feel like you do like check in with everyone. Like, and you know what I'm saying? Like talk to them outside of the sport. If I would have had that, like, I'm sure you guys agree too. Like, in club ball, all my coaches were older men, which, like, I loved them. They were great coaches. But, like, I would never feel comfortable going to them with, like, things that were going on outside of softball. Right. You know what I'm or saying? Or asking
0: for a tampon. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Girls are like, you got a tampon? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, honey, check my
2: back. <laughs> and even just, like, checking in on them. Yeah. Like, that's a really big part of it, which... I know it's still, you might feel like it's not enough, but.
0: It's, I mean, it's difficult to be able to reach everyone. I mean. For sure. It's easy when people are reaching out to you, but like to go through, I mean, when you have hundreds of girls, I think it's difficult. So there's, I mean, I, there's definitely improvement on our end to figure out how to make that happen. But I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> oh my gosh. She just winked at me. That was, that's an ew. Um, that's an ick. <laughs> I know. The other recommendation is girls wanted us to say their icks about them, which I'm like, we're not going to go on a podcast. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about girls that no one knows. Our parents, <laughs> like, looking on Facebook, yeah. who is this person? The segment we should do is playing Tinder on Mary Beth's phone. I don't yes. have
2: Tinder. I don't Hinge. have Tinder. Hinge. What do you have,
0: Hinge? I have Playing Hinge. Hinge, Hinge that that. Is, okay, we can there play was Hinge request, or Bumble. There was a requ- request
1: for the content of Mary Beth's love life. It and like is. boy life. I'm wow, a right now. I think people are really interested. So we ha- we can't just we can't just ignore it. We have to do it for that's our fans. We, we have to absolute, do it for the people.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I think like at some point we will do a, a play hinge episode. I think that's,
2: that's fine. That'll I am be, just like we
0: will pay for the premium.
2: <laughs> well, so this, you get the other, the other thing is that roses. like
0: I mean, you see on TikTok, we've talked about this privately, but like the boyfriend application thing. Maybe we can do it on the podcast I've, and see if, oh, hard pass. Do you hard think pass. we're going to get, like, boys, boys listening? Absolutely not.
2: Yeah. On our analytics on the TikTok page, it's literally 94% female, but there is that 6% male.
0: Yeah, the one that commented, I hate softball. <laughs>
2: I almost <laughs> responded and
1: said, I'm so sorry.
2: Like, <laughs> I understand. I'm just like the poor single friend that everyone's trying to help. So I appreciate it.
0: We, You're welcome. I just
2: think <laughs>
0: <laughs> nothing
1: more. I just think you deserve someone. Yeah, you know, you deserve you deserve it. Why don't you like dive into you outside of Sapa? What is that? God, <laughs> I have Do no I idea know how to answer that. <laughs> I have no idea.
0: You're married. You have five animals at home. Oh, I mean, I guess I can give a background of yeah. It's just funny because like I was having this conversation. I sat on a panel and that's when I brought Cam up and we sat on that panel and we're like with a bunch of women that work in, uh, softball. And we were just discussing like what, if we were to do like a player advisory committee, um, for this league, what would the players want? Like if we gave them a voice, what would they care about? And all that different stuff. And at one point, um, one of the women asked, How do you guys like identify out of softball like do you feel like you have an identity out of it like what what are your other hobbies like that kind of stuff and all the girls were like yeah we feel like we have other things going for us outside of softball and then jazz jackson who runs the impact gold organization was like that's really cool because i still identify (laughs) as just softball and i was like i could not relate anymore to that like it's it's difficult to have, and it's something that I think, especially after college, people struggle with, is like, what's your identity after you're done being an athlete and it's all your life? I mean, we spent what – I have been pl- I played baseball when I was, like, five and then got into softball, and I still do literally – like, my hobbies are, like, broadcasting go for softball. <laughs> it's just, like, there's nothing about me that – uh, somehow doesn't have something that involves the sport, which is a little scary. I'll talk. I start therapy on Tuesday, so I'll talk to Suzanne about it.
2: Uh, it's round of applause, round Oh, off.
0: oh, damn it! It's all the way down there. I'm doing it with my toe. That's a clap for therapy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm excited to start that. Anxious, but I think it'll be nice to like talk out that type of stuff because it's hard to when we're like. I don't think people realize. We wake up and we're working and then we're going until 9.30 p.m. Occasionally even later than that because then like, like yesterday I even had like a call after. So it's just when you're living and breathing it for all the time, when you wake up at 4 a.m. and you're thinking about <laughs> very important decisions that impact the rest of your staff, it's like that kind of stuff uh, doesn't really allow me to think outside of softball, which I know there's a lot more to me than just working in softball. Maybe I'll ask Hannah what she thinks.
2: So well, when off. you feel so passionate about something and like you love what you do.
0: Was that it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like it is, It. there are days where I'm sure you're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> Maybe more days than not, as of recently. But like, you can see that we're creating something special because, like, we are all so passionate about softball.
0: Right, that's a great way to put it. What do you guys think? Like, what are Brooke? You have the most going on outside of this.
2: She's pregnant with triplets. She has quadruplets <laughs> in her stomach Five right now. of her,
0: there's Is that one.
1: There's one. At least,
0: well, two, you have we're you have one. have you. you have one out of you. out of you. I they do. haven't split
2: in the womb
1: yet. I think like I would. I would agree. I think my identity is now just softball and being a mom. Like I don't think I don't know what my hobbies are. What about a wife and a wife? I guess. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Cool. Media core wife.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think.
0: Just so everyone knows, <laughs> she means mediocre but one time we caught her on the phone thinking media (laughs) mediocre was pronounced media core
2: with a stranger on the phone with an
0: absolute stranger
2: (laughs) oh that was so
1: embarrassing um i don't know like there's things that i i used to enjoy and now it just seems like Like i don't do them i used to like working out i do enjoy working out um but like hmm, sometimes well, when you're um, carrying
0: five, it's hard to. Work
2: out. <laughs> At least three. And
1: I, I used to like be really into like drawing and like crafting, like doing that kind of stuff. And I I just don't have time for it. Right. So it's which is hard because you want to have time for it. But I recently got into reading. Really? Like, what are you reading? Well, I've read one book so okay. far. Okay. So
2: <laughs> but you read it. Really I fast. read it
1: within a week. Yeah, that's more books than I've read. And I saw it on TikTok, and people were saying how like it's the author Colleen Hoover, and I really like like romance novel, romance mystery novels. Wow. I cried so hard <gasps> at the book. It was really good. It was really good, but I just cried a lot. I'm that's cool. Very emotional. So, I'm trying to get into like reading and just I don't know finding myself.
2: Marybeth Yeah, I can't. I can't. (laughs) I'm um, figuring out as I go. I do. I do like to bake. You are a big baker. I am. I I would say like I'm an artsy craftsy person, but like only when I feel like it. Otherwise it becomes TikTok influencer. I am TikTok Plant mom. Plant mom.
0: Content creator. Content
2: creator. I, I will say I'm I'm in my self improvement era right now. Go on. Um big into self care. Um, what do you
0: do specifically?
2: Um, so I've developed a morning routine. or Let's, I'm working you, on developing a morning routine. Can you explain it? And an evening routine. I would love to know.
0: Yeah, what's the morning routine? So,
2: okay, well, like, it depends, I guess. Like If I have to be up early, then everything goes to <laughs> Everything. Bleep that out. We will. Okay. Beep. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but I just bought my hatch alarm clock, <laughs> and I love it. Cindy so So that has been part of the routine. But then I've actually talked to my therapist. Um, as well, try not to be on my phone for like the first 30 minutes to an hour, at least not like mindlessly scrolling. So on that's TikTok. why you
0: don't text me back.
2: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> because I know if I wake up and the first thing I do is scroll on TikTok, that's all I'm going to do all day long when I'm bored. That's it's literally like, all I do. Yeah, scroll on TikTok. Yeah. Because it's that instant hit of dopamine. You know? Yeah. But it's fake dopamine, it's mindless. Yeah. So I've been trying to not do that, at least until, like, I've done, like, all my skincare, like, brush my teeth, whatever, get ready for the day. And then I'll, like, I bought I bought a template for my iPad, like, a, a planner. Cute. I think I showed Brooke mm-hmm. or whatever. But I'll, like, plan out my day and then, like, what I want to get done or what I need to get done. And then I'll, like, whatever, start my day from there, work out if I want to work out or whatever. I've been trying to do, like... Five to ten minutes of like mindfulness or like meditation, but I can't figure it out.
0: Like meditating? Just
2: like being silent and not and like slowing right, your whole body yeah. down when you're just being fast. Which I thought, I thought like the whole goal of that was to like not have any thoughts, but apparently that's not. Like that's, oh. that's unrealistic when you're first right. starting out, it's just to like recognize your thoughts or whatever. But, anyways, that's at morning and then at night it's like kind of the same thing, just like winding down. Mm hmm. Self-improvement. I heard heard that it's, like,
1: it's huge. This could be good for you. To, like, stop scrolling, like, an hour before you go to bed. And then it helps you, like, sleep at night. That's why I started reading.
0: But, like, I don't get to scroll all day, you know? So it's, like, when I want to see. So,
2: like, what if you took, okay, right when you get home from training, you took an hour or whatever to just mindlessly scroll, but then you cut yourself off. I guess I could do that. And then, it it doesn't even have to be, like.
0: Especially the dog ones, the one I showed you. (laughs) Where their lips get stuck on their teeth. Oh, my gosh. Okay, those
1: are, those are so low. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be an hour. It can be, like, 15 m- minutes before you go to bed. Yeah,
0: I'll figure it out. I think something that, like, even uh, when we were in that group and we we're talking to the girls, and, like, they're, they're literally their number one concern. Because we we're like, do you care about, like, time limits in games or, like, having two umpires? And they're like, no. And, like, the only thing they cared about was talking about recruiting and how, like, I think Cam was one of them that was committed, two of the other girls weren't, one was committed to Florida, and they're talking about almost the competition amongst their the girls on their team. Like, they're, if they saw someone else commit, they felt the pressure that they needed to commit. Did you ever feel that when you guys played?
2: Not a whole lot, but like... I get it, and I see it now, too, especially with, like, the stricter deadlines and stuff. And people, oh, my gosh, on their official visits, the things that they do now. Yeah, like yeah, The whole the entire photo shoot and, like, all this fancy stuff. Like, I guess that, and that, like, circles back to the mental health piece of it, too, I'm sure. It's just, like, the pressure of other people. Yeah. And your yeah. team feeling like you're behind. Well, and then also, like, in the back of their mind, now
1: they have the pressure of the transfer portal. Because it's so huge, people are going in the transfer portal, so they have to compete against people who are either are already played like one year in athletics in college.
0: The um, I remember listening. I don't remember if I was at NFCA a while back, but like someone was like in in October of that year, sixty percent of the people in the transfer portal were freshmen, so they lasted four weeks. On campus, That's what drives me nuts, though, about, like, club programs is when we're talking about recruiting and, like, finding the right fit versus putting girls in positions so that we can brag about them going to a high-level D1 or something. I would just – I talked about this on that one podcast I just was on, and it's just like I would – or maybe I didn't. I don't remember. But I would just love to run a report of, like, certain places (laughs) – Yeah, you send girls to Division I school. How long do they last? Like, do they transfer? Do they quit softball altogether? Like, it's just a – it's an insane thought to me to think that you need to prioritize that for your club or your organization or whatever over someone's livelihood going to the next level. Like, there are certainly schools that we know that we'd probably never want to send girls to because it wouldn't be a healthy environment for them. Right. And then there's probably some schools where, or some girls that, like, it would probably be perfect. Like, everyone's built so different when it comes to that from, like, a mentality standpoint, uh, intelligence standpoint, and even just, like, talent level. So I, I see, like, I mean, for my team right now, Cam's committed to Minnesota. And, like, I can feel other girls feel like they need to commit. And it's just, like, it's so unique. The process is so unique for everyone. Some schools will offer you right after a camp, like your experience Mary Beth or we have one girl going through the recruiting process and they've seen her in person at their camp but they're like we want to see you play on the field which I think is the most normal thing on the planet but once again like for people that don't know the process they just feel the pressure that they need to get it over with which is sad I think that sucks when you're making a massive decision that affects the rest of your life for sure that's how I feel about also like coaches giving deadlines to commit
1: yeah, I think that's hard. I, I know, know it's hard
0: for coaches too, but like to be yeah. like, "Hey, you have to tell us in a week if you're going to come play for us or we're pulling it."
1: It's like, "Let me do a little bit more research what like what can I do if they don't have my major?"
0: Yeah, for me I it's a red flag when yeah. coaches say that.
2: But it's like what's it is really hard for both parties. What's the solve? To push the date back even further? I feel like that would just stress people out even more.
0: Yeah. I like, mean, it was that what that's like a good, point like was September 1 a good thing I have no idea I think it almost in some cases would put more pressure on the girls to I mean you see how busy September 1 is and coaches calling at 12am like yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the solve is for anything when it comes to that type of stuff <laughs> coaches are so silly now when they send like little videos
2: <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> I know what video you talking about <laughs>
0: it oh, just, uh, it's, you have to be unique. I, I get it. I think it's, I don't know, it's built from club programming too. And it just extends up into the college world.
2: It just sucks that like, there's people out there that don't have the kid's best interest at heart, or at least even consider it. Right. They just want to get them signed.
1: Yeah. Not finding the perfect fit for that specific athlete. It's just like, oh, here's the school. Yeah, do it.
0: Honestly, I think about, like, Reese Holtzeder in those situations. Like, I think she was actually – like, I still think she's talented enough to play Division One. Now she plays at the University of Sioux Falls. Um, they got second place, I think, in the NSIC tournament last year. They almost – I think they beat either Mankato or Augie. I don't remember. But, like, she started a ton as a catcher in DP. She batted, like, 349. I think she's, like, a preseason – um, all NSIC player right now. And like, she's super happy at Sioux Falls. It's yeah. like, if you have like, that's exactly what we want to do is we want to put you in a place where you're going to be super happy, get a degree and be able to do stuff beyond softball, which I think is great. I think of even like PD. It's like, she <laughs> love her so much.
2: I love you, PD. <laughs> Miss you.
0: PD, Elson, Peter. <laughs> I mean, she's at central Michigan, that coaching staff. I love to death. I think they're so awesome. And she, like, wants to work in softball. And she's like, what should I major in if I want to do softball? I'm like, well, for one, let me hire you (laughs) after you graduate. You don't need a major. (laughs) Major in IT. (laughs) 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 But, like, that type of stuff where it's, like, you get to play at the highest level possible and compete to play. You get your degree. And then she already had it figured out where she wants to do stuff in softball. Because what we say, we said, like, you should do like, a minor in leadership or something. I don't remember.
1: These days, like, you don't need a coaching endorsement, a coaching minor. Right.
0: I mean, what is – like, there is no coaching degree. I also think that
1: no – yeah, no coaching degree or coaching endorsement, whatever it is, can prepare you for, like, actual situations in the coaching world. Right.
0: You just have to live it.
1: Yeah. That's why I think, like, kind of reverting back to what you said about, like, women in softball and kind of taking the lead, I think that's what allows us as coaches and – you know, working in club and being in the leadership roles we are, it almost allows us to connect with the athletes because we've been there. Right. It's like we went through all that stuff. Like, yeah, there's baseball, co- baseball players who are now coaches, but it's it's just different.
0: I mean, I played for all men. Yeah. Until college.
1: So did I.
2: Even in college.
0: Yeah. You played
2: mostly men.
0: Yeah, I think I had like a, a few all, women sprinkled in there. Yeah, a couple of sprinkles.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My pitching
1: coach in college was a female. And one right. year in high school, it was female, but that's about it.
0: Yeah. That's why I think it's so... It's funny because when we first started this in 2017, I just remember, like, the feeling of just being nervous because, one, it's, like, so hard to start a new club. <laughs> like, it's just... It's so difficult to, like, enter it and then learn about it and then figure it out. And now, I mean, I feel like we all feel pretty good that we have it pr- fairly figured out from a standpoint of, like what needs to get done and then like our programming and how we're significantly different in a lot of ways from our competitors who we I mean obviously we respect them and we wouldn't be able to exist without competitors but I think what makes us so special is that one we have each other which is really nice to be able
1: (sighs) that's the nicest thing you've ever said to us.
0: I know, I'd only say on the podcast, never took place. <laughs> uh, but, like, it's really nice to, like, have something to look forward to. And I think the girls see how much we also love each other and, like, love being around each other. And they get um, they get a little motivated from that, too, because it is a really empowering environment. And I think I was talking to – back when I was on a Zoom call and it's just, like, it feels really good to kind of disrupt, was the word, the status quo of what Minnesota softball is, which is very different than Washington softball. Very different. Wow. Well, I mean, what we can't... I was getting recruited from every club at all times. We didn't have a set tryout date. We um, could leave, do whatever we wanted. Like, it was very competitive from that standpoint, where Minnesota is, all right, you're on your club team. If someone else tries to take you like you could get kicked out of the right. local league or whatever, which that didn't exist in Washington, whether that's a good or bad thing. I don't know, but, um, it is very different from that standpoint. And then, I mean, there aren't very many women in Minnesota working in softball right now, which I think will change. I think it'll definitely change. I think it was really awesome to like talk to Becky Smith with like the A's and Vortex and have her opinions on certain things and learn what her business challenges are compared to ours. Um, and then there's Julie Standering up north. And that's really, I mean, are there any other women running club organizations over here? I feel bad if we miss I know.
2: <laughs> well, we can cut add that, that, cut, yeah, that, cut obviously.
0: that, Anywho. <laughs> I just, yeah. But it is nice. I mean, we're also like, <laughs> we're running it. And we're running all of our training and we're doing it at a high level and like incorporating the d- data-driven um, aspect to it and really actually caring about individuals from a customizing standpoint to their player development. And I think everyone loves to say that they ha- they incorporate it, um, whether it's, hey, we rented these cages, go ahead and go hit, versus what we do, which is so severely different, which is let's take video of you, break it down, empower you with the learning process, give you the opportunities to understand it, apply it. And then when we're not there, if you're in situations where you're working on your own, you have a full understanding of the way your body moves, bridging the gap between like kinetic sequencing with our PT people or strength and development people and having the full understanding of your body versus like, all right, like go ahead and get loose and uh, hit to extension.
2: It is brutal. I had a conversation the other day about like, just the state of softball in Minnesota, and a lot of it is just coaches who've been doing this for a very long time, and obviously they've had success because they've been doing it for so long, but they're not willing to like continue to learn. Like, Obviously we know that the whole realm of softball and baseball training is changing, and it's moving to more data-driven, like you said, technology, individualized based on – athletes movement profiles and all that stuff and like they don't want to learn they don't want, they don't want to do that they want to do what they've always done because it has worked for them in the past
0: but right they, I mean why would you change if it's like you're getting the same amount of money to do the exact same thing you're doing right but just like
1: I think that's like something too like we're. I think we're so fortunate to have each other to be able to talk about that because two years ago like I was teaching the exact same way I was taught. For sure. Right? And, like, I didn't use plyos in college where, like, Mary Beth did. So, like, when she came in, things changed a lot. And, like, my understanding of pitching and just even just, like, everything I kind of learned didn't go out the window, but it took a backseat to, like, what's up and coming. And you can see a huge difference in our athletes just by changing that little bit.
0: And, like, the biggest piece of that is honestly, like, humility – and understanding. Right. I just remember telling Cam I was trying to teach her like something with Barrel Path a year ago. And then this year I was like, I told her so many wrong things. <laughs> <sighs> it's just like I was an idiot. Like I just and, and like having the ability to recognize like that y- you need to keep learning, you need to keep um. Keep up to date, I think, with just how things are changing and, like, different ways that we can learn as coaches has been super important and why we see success with our athletes when they go through our programming. Because at the end of the day, it's, like, if we're not learning and curious about, like, how the body works and how we can help individuals with their specific deficiencies or different ways that they're moving, like, it's it's very – I mean, it takes a lot of time, and it's it's you have to want to care about it, and I think that's why it's nice to be around you guys because we all have that same curiosity and willingness to admit that we're, that we're wrong in um, certain situations and grow from what we used to know. Because at the end of the day, like I was in this, I was the same as you, Brooke. Where for hitting, it was like, well, when I was in college, all we learned was, like I said before, extension. I had no idea why we were doing it. Right. Like when we go through and we review film of our athletes and the ultimate goal is to like finally get them to, when they talk through their swing to, or their pitching movements to just say like, well, I think I need to get more into extension or something. And I'm like, why? And they're like, I don't know. My, my old coach just told me to do that. I'm like, so that's a problem. (laughs)
1: That's like a, that's a problem. Having an athlete like go elsewhere and be like. I don't know why I do it. My coach just told me. I
0: know. I never would want to put yeah. them in that position. It's
1: like, okay, who was your coach? You know. But even
0: like Mackenzie yesterday, Mackenzie Winchell was like, "I'd love for you to talk on the podcast about why we do circuits in oh, yeah. HP." I and like, I go, have- "I go." But I told you why we do it, and then it was just discovered. She's like, "Oh yeah, I wasn't listening." <laughs> like, cool. Right. <laughs> yeah, you'll get that. Her specifically. <sighs> That's our ick about you, Mac. Just yeah, you don't listen. <laughs> no, but like that's – I think that's something that makes us different is the learning process and like having the ability to allow these athletes to understand why we're doing something and what the purpose is for. And then, I mean, we we pitching and hitting just went through that like kind of a circuit phase and it's advertised as – three weeks of hell. Like it's awful. You are so exhausted. We fatigue your body and it's not, it's fun afterwards, but during, I know it's like such a grind and being able to like prep them with the information as to why we do it so that then they know why, like while they're doing it, they know that they have to go as hard as possible because it's the only way they're going to get better. I mean, otherwise we're, we'll run into athletes that are like, okay, I'm just going to have f- this and just get through it. Versus, I know the purpose behind this, and I know that if I apply it, that it's going to make me a better player, which I think is fun. Let's get into, yeah, the most embarrassing things that have happened to us on on the softball diamond.
1: I'll just start with this. I'll start with saying um, my ERA my freshman year was fifteen. <laughs> Point. Okay. Not great. And it but... was in. They put it in. The like magazine you get at like, oh the no banquets. like the
0: program yeah
1: so that was really embarrassing but um, yeah having that in uh, is tough I only could go up from there yes. really truly did you um, yeah okay that's actually good. I did it's good I, you know rode the bench another year and then <laughs> worked my way into it I was playing first base in a conference game my freshman year and my shoelaces were a little bit too long and I went to cut the ball from I think it was like right field to go four and i tripped on my shoelaces like they got stuck in my cleat and i fell on my face <laughs>
2: <laughs> so did you like try to play it off and get up right away or did you like i think so but i also think i just like blacked black that moment out i just
1: let it go
0: put it in the past. was there a crowd
1: <laughs> yeah i sorry think if that so. was offensive <laughs> <laughs> so like is it because like we were just like i'm in major d1 <laughs> like, like, no, no, in no, a no. very small town okay next <laughs> Thank you. Do you want me next. to go next? Yeah, you go can go. Next? Yeah, because yours is depressing.
2: Okay. Oh. <laughs> it is, but it's also a good learning moment for listeners, I would say.
1: Are you talking about yours or Erica's? I was talking about Erica's being depressing. Oh. oh. Well, ouch.
2: Unless go it's ahead. Not- Maribeth, yeah, you yeah, go. Yesterday. Okay, so yeah, it was, it was pretty embarrassing. So it was my freshman year, and I think it was like our first... or at least maybe the first conference series that I played in we were in the American at the time so it was like we didn't belong in there. Um, (laughs) Central Florida, South Florida, Wichita State, Houston, Memphis, ECU, whatever Um, and we were we were bad my freshman year so but anyways I went in to I went in relief in a game and the bases were loaded and I'm sure it was like the first pitch gave up a grand slam. Okay, also there was two outs in this inning. I looked at the box score yesterday. So there was two <laughs> outs in the sixth inning. I went in with the bases loaded, gave up a grand slam. The game—I think the game was close at the time. It wasn't anymore. And then, so why would they
0: put you in? Com- I don't
2: remember because I—I I like was having a good freshman year up to that point. And you were, were you guys winning? I don't remember. I doubt it. But she I think didn't it was look close. that close at the box yeah. score. Right. <laughs> um. Anyways. Gave up the Grand Slam. I don't know how. I must have either walked a batter, got a hit, and then gave up another home run, and then got pulled. So I didn't even get an out. So my ERA was literally infinity. <laughs> okay. Just gave up. Did how you, did many you... runs is that? One, two, three, four, five, six runs. Six runs, three, three batters. batters. And then I didn't tell you this yesterday, but the very next <laughs> time wait. that I went in relief, we were at Memphis. And again, we were already losing six. 6 year 5 five zero or something Yeah, so, like,
0: shoving the girl that has an infinity ear. Yeah, in. went in
2: with the bases loaded, gave up a grand slam. So, then the game's over because we got run rule. Right. <laughs> and I did not pitch again for a very, very long time. And that was, like, the lowest moment of my entire career, I think. But the learning lesson is, like, <laughs> I eventually, like, bounced back. At that point, it was so mental, like, every time I stepped on the mound again. Yeah. but. But we figured it out and uh, here we are.
0: It's interesting because like I feel like most of the time when pitchers have like those like like i would you call that like kind of like the yips in a yeah. way? Yeah. Normally yes, it's like they I throw also did
2: have the yips, but that's, oh, the, that's really? like, like overhand hand different throwing different Yeah.
0: <laughs> same. Well, cause normally it'd be like you're walking everyone, but you're like
2: you're like throwing like, it down the don't. pipe. And then you're like don't give up a grand slam. And then don't give up do a grand it. slam.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. But that's Mine the thing. Too. It's like, I kept having to like go back out there and pitch. Like there wasn't an option to like not at the time, so I had to figure it out. <laughs> or else just keep getting embarrassed.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's embarrassing. Thank you. That is embarrassing.
2: <laughs> Anyways, so what was your
0: <laughs> I would say I mean I have a couple of embarrassing moments. The one I told yesterday was more of a, a lifetime of embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> so, for the listeners at home, I mom and dad, I played every single game, started every single game my freshman and sophomore year. Uh, Minnesota was pretty bad when I came in, and I think like all of I had a s- freshman class of like seven. I think all of us started our first game, which is not so not normal. Uh, we actually had a pretty good season my freshman year. Sophomore year, played every single game, second baseman. I um, really lived in that eighth spot of the lineup, which is where all the heavy hitters go. Uh, I We went, made it to the Big Ten Championship. We lost to Wisconsin, um, went to our first regional in the past 10 years, and it was at Washington. It was really cool. Um, so that's the fun part of my career were those not, not fun. I had fun my whole career, but so I started every single game and then junior and senior year came around and we were like, good. We got really good recruits. I didn't stand a chance to play. And I sat, (laughs) I went from starting every single game to, I think I start, I started one game against Purdue. And then my, maybe the most embarrassing outside of that, which it's pretty embarrassing to like, it's not embarrassing. I don't want to make anyone feel bad that doesn't play, but To like go in as a freshman, sophomore, and start all the time and then finish off your career not playing at all. I would say that was embarrassing. Fall games were like my games, junior and senior year. It was like, okay, Erica, you get to play. And you get to shine. (laughs) This is your time to shine. And one of my embarrassing moments is that I was up to bat with bases loaded and we were playing Duluth. Hannah and I talk about this. I think she caught this ball. So you, I was in college when Hannah was. There's no way. Yes, I was. She, I am she not that much older. She
1: would have been a freshman. Yeah. So been, back off.
0: She graduated. I'm not a cougar. She
1: <laughs> still makes <laughs> you a cougar based different. on your age.
0: Whatever. Um, I hit this ball that I'm like, that's a home run. And normally, I hit six home runs in my career. Shocking, I know. How many did you hit? Zero. How many did you hit? One. That's I cool. Hit for
2: one year. I hit one in fall ball.
0: So if this isn't fall ball, I oh, hit Oh, yeah. In fall ball. Okay. Fall if- ball doesn't count as career home runs, though. So reg sees only. Um, anywho, I have the, ba- the bases are loaded. I'm like, okay, I hit this. This is out of the park. I have my arms in the air. Oh. And I am jogging. And the left fielder caught it. And I rounded first. With
1: your arms still in the air. Arms
0: still in the air. <laughs> and then walked off the field. It was a sack fly. And everyone in the dugout saw. Did anyone They're like, wait? you thought it was a home run, didn't you? It's like, no, I thought it was a grand slam. <laughs> 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 so that was embarrassing. That's pretty embarrassing. It was pretty embarrassing. I think we can jump into. Time flies or you have a five? Time, I know. I'm like really curious if people want to hear any of the stuff we talked about today. Probably not, right? Once we have guests on, I think it'll be a little bit more well, intriguing. Well, like, why
2: not? We, we kind of, like... <laughs> so we didn't have a game plan for this episode, so it's kind of all over the place. We touched on topics that we will dive deeper in later yeah. on in the podcast. Just a little... It's very obvious we have no idea what we're doing, but that's the fun of
0: Isn't it. Isn't that the... Po- that's the point, yeah. right? Is we like started something, we'll we don't know night. what we're... We don't know what we're doing. Um, but what we do know what we're doing right now... So this is a new segment... <laughs> our first that, podcast a new segment on our first podcast that we're going to be incorporating every podcast in this segment is called brooks facebook memories <laughs> you don't want to hear them okay. for, for the for the youth for the youth that are listening facebook was a popular app that One, your parents probably use. Two, that I still use. Brooke claims it's her favorite app. Do you use it?
2: I have one, but I won't... I don't use it. No, because I'm... All right.
0: You're a Gen Z. I'm not...
2: Yeah, I'm not ancient. How many statuses do you want me to read? I have eight of them. Can you explain... Oh, Oh oh, you were active.
1: (laughs) Well, but it's like... From, from, like, every year. From 13 years ago. So what year was that?
0: 13 years ago. 2010. Well, can you...
1: like a seventh grader
0: okay so people that like aren't familiar with facebook you can you get alerted of memories from like your previous posts Mm -hmm. that's you that you have made when you were younger it's a haunting experience in some (laughs) cases brooke who she was 13 years ago is not someone i'd like to be friends
2: with (laughs) i think your words were your worst nightmare (laughs) 12 years
1: ago oh god i got 11 likes you can't break a person but you
0: can break a heart <laughs> did poetic. you get any did you get Ouch. any comments
2: just likes poetic who broke you
0: yeah why were you so why were you such a hurt child okay so were you emo no yeah so goth
1: no actually i wasn't <laughs> um i was very uh flirtatious
0: we, we know what that a means lot of
1: boyfriends <laughs> Specifically, one on the weekdays, one on the weekend. You had
0: two boyfriends at once.
1: Um, I broke up with the weekday boyfriend. This was in sixth grade. In seventh grade, so my best friend from back home is now married to the guy that I talked to, like from like seventh grade to like eighth grade, sixth through grade through eighth grade. Married now, we we talk about it all the time.
0: How he was your seventh grade boyfriend? Yeah. Okay.
1: But anyways, um, sometimes I would text him and another boy at the same time. So I'd like.
0: You dirty dog.
1: Never was I dating them though, <laughs> and never did I go on dates.
0: Did any? Well, I remember going <laughs> middle school. To, I, remember, I did. Your parents not drop you off at the yes, movie theater? I the asked. Mall.
1: I asked for the, the movies with this specific boy, and my mom was like, "I've never met him. Like, you can't go." So then I started having sleepovers at my best fr- my best friend's house, and then started dating her cousin. And he would come over.
0: Something about you and cousins, man. (laughs) It's just, it's a recurring theme here.
1: Okay. So that was one of them. Okay. The best one. It's kind of long, so. Oh God, here we go. Six likes. No comments. (laughs) 2010, January 25th. You need a guy that likes you for who you are and not what you do. Who likes every good and bad thing in your life. Likes the way you look even when you wake up and wants to spend his time thinking about you. Dot, dot. Smiley face. Text. Two Ts at the end. Text. Wait. Yeah, text me. What does me. that mean? Like, text me.
2: Was it, is this your original writing or is this
1: like. <laughs> so I think I remember, I remember I used to Google oh, motivational no. quotes about love. Oh and my God. I'll,
0: let me find a picture of what I looked like in 2010. We can the, post it on, for the crowd. post it on the Instagram. For the crowd. So they could understand exactly what you looked like. Do
2: you remember when like picnic, <laughs> picnic was a thing? I do remember. What's picnic? picnic? It's like a photo editing app that you would like put. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, digital was, camera? That like a memorial. <laughs> like that's yeah, what you're gonna do. like you die. <laughs> Why did I do that? <laughs> oh.
0: And the digital camera, I cannot. Oh, Wait, go back to the no. memorial in, in memoriam. <laughs> Like I had so. many. Okay, you ha- we have to post that just to close it out. Like follow us on Instagram at Happily Ever Nafter. We're starting. The- I did make one. Yeah. No, nice. But now we have to obviously create the content in order to provide it onto the Instagram.
1: I just think this was a nice first episode. Just getting some banter. Uh, really
2: getting after it.
0: Just so everyone knows, that's um, banter in a love island accent not necessarily british just love island um <laughs> better uh. if- um, so we'll yeah no i think that was that was a solid first episode will people listen we don't know do we care yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we're <to laughs> but we're going to keep we're going to keep it. doing
0: this whether you like it or not and we're so, going to go get some lunch yeah that and also i would love you know we'll know that we made it once we get like a hate comment it's like that that Erica man voice. So, <laughs> little little like, like, comment, subscribe. Subscribe.
2: <laughs> Are you
1: broke?
0: All right, toodles.
2: Wait, you have to talk about what we're going to do on the next... Like, aren't you going to say we're going to have a Next guest? episode's
0: a surprise. Episode two. Next episode two, we're going to have a very special guest. You're not going to want to miss it. <laughs> That's good! That's good! Wow!